choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity just to be able to stand before this great church. And Father, right now, I decrease that you, the greater one, might increase. I ask that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips as I declare your word. I thank you for the compassion of Jesus that always flows from my heart. And so, Father, we give you praise in advance for confirming your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm so glad to be here on today. And um, I was also uh, in Detroit um, for the memorial service of Pastor uh, Bishop Ben. And um, what happened was I was getting on the plane to come to Dallas uh, yesterday morning. And when I got on the plane, the Lord says, uh, tell Eben's church, of course, Pastor Eben to you. He says, tell Eben's church to wear gratitude. He says, tell him to wear grass. And I was like, okay, Lord, I need to, I need you to explain to, I, I don't mind telling him, but I need you to explain to me what you mean by that. And he says, in, in this year and in this season, I want to do some miraculous things. He said, but I need them to wear gratitude. How many know that the opposite of gratitude is to be ungrateful? You got it. And, and, and sometimes you can be ungrateful and not even realize you're ungrateful because you're used to something. You got it. If you're not careful, you know, you could almost take your church for granted because it's just a great church and you always come. Okay. The way I get amens is I say, can I get a, amen. yeah, that's how I get them. So I never wait on people. I just, you know, I just get my own. You got it. You, you could, <laughs> you could, and I'm not saying you do this. I'm just explaining things. You could take your pastor for granted because he's just an awesome man of God. He's a generous guy. He knows the word. And you get to see him all the time. Some of you guys have all this access to him. And if you're not careful, you could take him for granted. But the Lord says, he says, there's some things that I want to do in this season. There's some miraculous things. And he says, tell them to, to wear gratitude. It's kind of like David said. He says, what shall I render unto the Lord for everything that he's done for me? And so it was another level of thanksgiving. See, sometimes people say thank you and they go on their way. But David says, no, no, I can't just say thank you and go on my way. God has been so good to me that I can't just walk away. I need to ask God, is there anything that I can do for you for everything that you've done for me? Does that make sense? My little girl, she she's 10 years old. Her name is Hannah, and she rides horses. And so recently, uh, we just half-leased her a horse. And so now she gets to ride, you know, three days a week and those kind of things. And so I told her, I said, Hannah, and she's been believing for this. And, and, and she knew part of it was, you know, her faith. But part of it was her trainer said, you can't, you know, half-lease a horse or lease a horse until, you know, you you reach a certain place where you can go and get the horse on your own, tack it up on your own, go out and, you know, by yourself. And so she's been working hard. And so a couple weeks ago, uh, we sat her down and we talked to her and we tell her how good she's been doing. And so as we say, Hannah, as of the 1st of March, you know, we're leasing you your own horse. And so she jumps up and she runs around and she does her dance. But even, but, but once she got done with that, she ran over to us and gave us a big hug and said, thank you, mom and dad, because she had gratitude. You got it. You remember the story of the 10 lepers that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and he, he goes and, and they from afar off. They say, hey, they said, you know, master, we need you to, 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 to heal us. And so Jesus says, you know, you guys are cleansed. Go show yourself to the priest. Well, there was 10 of them. And as they walked away, there was one. And he said, wait a minute, I can't just go to the priest. I know that's what he told me to do, but I've got to come back and I need to fall out his feet and I need to bless the Lord and show him gratitude because I'm thankful for what he's done for me. And sometimes we have to remember how good God has been to us. And can I be honest, how good some other people have been to us. And sometimes we need to stop and just bless the Lord for his goodness to us. And sometimes we need to be a blessing to somebody else. Does that make sense? 
And so listen, and I'm getting into my lesson. Don't worry. I know exactly where I'm going. But 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 I'm grateful for Word of True Family Church. I'm grateful for your pastor. I'm grateful for your man and for your woman of God. And I'm grateful for what God is doing in your life. And I hope that you're excited in expectation because of what God is doing with the new building project. I'm not even sure if some of you realize what God is doing through you as you guys begin to build this big facility for the kingdom of God where thousands are going to come from the north, from the south, from the east and the west, and their lives are going to be changed and transformed in an amazing way. And you're going to be able to say, I was part of it from the the beginning. Does that make sense? And so because I'm so grateful to God and so thankful to God, when the offering went by, I put a check in there for $5,000 towards Project 360 because I believe in everything that you're doing. And Evan, man, I love you. I appreciate you. You know, I, I tell guys all the time, they say, man, how'd you get your church to be where it is? And I said, well, I met Evan Connor my first year of ministry, and I just did everything he told me to do, and it worked. Amen? And so, and how many know that you, and you can't, you know, you can't wait for people to go to heaven to tell them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them? My thing is, if you're going to give me my flowers, I'd rather have you give me my flowers while I'm alive. Hello, somebody. And I'm well. Tell me you appreciate me. And so, Evan, I love you, man. I appreciate you. You have helped my life in so many ways. You helped my life uh, just with us being friends as a pastor. When we, when we first met, I kind of understood corporate, but I didn't really understand church. I mean, I just was going to go to church with a three-piece suit. I was going to preach for an hour. You got it? And, and, and you really helped me understand that if I'm going to reach this generation for Christ, this is what you got to do. This In the early days, I remember you used to be, no, no, James, you don't do that. You got to do this and you got to do that. And you know what? I never got offended. I never got upset. I understood that there was some incredible wisdom on your man of God. And so I was going to follow and adhere to everything he said. And I'm telling you, you got to listen to your pastor because what he tells you, it works. It really, really works. So not only did I write a check for five grand to word of truth, I wrote a check for five grand to my best friend, but not just my best friend, a true man of God, a great man of God, your man of God. Amen. And so I'm going to hold on to the 11 o'clock service and then I give it to you after that. Amen. Can y'all give the Lord a big hand in the place? That would have been good for me, but I said, can you give the Lord a big hand in the place? Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis, the 12th chapter and Luke, the 6th chapter. I'm not going to be before you very long. I know exactly where I need to go. I am definitely on assignment from the Lord. I want to talk to you today for the next few minutes from the title or the subject, Live to Give. Everybody say Live to Give. And some of you all have been here before, so you know my story, and uh, I live by my giving, and, and I learned the principle of giving that radically changed my life. I was in the Marine Corps from 95 to 99, and I was extremely successful. Uh, people in the Marine Corps, people outside of the Marine Corps, they were just shocked that I was getting out, but I knew that God didn't want me to stay in. I was picking up sergeant by the time I was getting out in just four years, and so so I, I was excelling quickly. I tell people, had I stayed in the Marine Corps, I'd have been the sergeant major of the Marine Corps. You know, and people laugh. I'm like, no, I'm not laughing. I'm like very serious. I'd have been the sergeant major of the Marine Corps. And so I was doing really, really good. And so I landed this job while I was in the Marine Corps. I set it up so I can still work on base when I got out of the Marine Corps. And I was doing some of the same things and those kind of things. And, and so I get out of the Marine Corps and I go to work this job all to find out that they put me on third shift and I can't, you know, I can't stay awake at night. Like some people can work third shift. I can't do that. Last night, uh, I'm staying with Pastor Evan and Pastor Sarah at their house. And, uh, you know, around 
around nine o'clock, you know, they're talking and Pastor Edmund's like, you look sleepy. I said, that's because I am sleepy. And so I go to bed early. You got it. And so I learned that I couldn't do that. And so uh, make a long story short, what happened was I went and told the supervisor, I said, I said, hey, I'm going to have to quit the job. He's like, well, why are you going to have to quit the job? I said, because, you know, I can't sleep at night. I, I you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I can't stay up at night, you know. And, and he's like, man, do you know what it took to get this job? And people are on line in, in line to get these kind of jobs. And so he says, I'll tell you what you do. He says, you're a good worker. You're a hard worker. You're a smart guy. He says, so get all your work, get half of your work done and then go in the break room and sleep for a while and then go and do the other half and then you can sleep. But just set the alarm alarm right before the, uh, uh, the, the supervisor, the morning shift guy comes. So that way we don't get in any trouble. You got it. And he thought he had a plan, but I explained to him I couldn't do that. And he looked at me like I was crazy. But I said, I serve a God that, that honors something called integrity. And that if I will do it God's way, I'll get God results, not some of the time, but every time in my life. And I had to go through a process, y'all. I really did. You got it? I had to go through this process because I, I left that job and I couldn't, I couldn't land a good job. I ended up working at a little place called Ecom for $6.25. And it was at that time that God was teaching me how to live by faith. And my pastor happened to be teaching uh, 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 the principles of seed, time, and harvest. Now, I don't know uh, uh, about you, Evan, but when I teach a series, I might teach a series for four weeks, maybe five or six weeks, something like that. You know, but my pastor, when he taught series, he taught series for three months. Yes. Wow. And so, so, so what we did was he was preaching on tithes and offering and seed time and harvest. And I remember the guy next to me, he got upset and he began to get offended. He's like, man, I'm not coming back to this church. And see, my thing was I was broke. I didn't have anything. So I needed to listen to my pastor to hear what he had to say. You got it. And so, and so, but God was teaching me the principles of giving and I was in tough times. You would think that I didn't need it, somebody to give something to me and the Holy Spirit was showing me, no, no, you need to release your faith and release your seed because anytime I ask you for something, I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. And so I learned this principle of giving that radically changed my life. For the believer, giving should be a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. Uh, the Lord gave me this when I was on the plane the other day. As believers, when we make choices to live our life to give, it fortifies our purpose, it crystallizes our perspective, and positions us to be perfectly aligned with God's will for our lives. And so with me, God first gives me something and then he explains it to me. And then, which brings me to my first point, that God wants you to be a blessing. Everybody say, God wants me, God wants me. to be a blessing. So he says that as believers, when we make choices to live our life to give, it fortifies our purpose or it strengthens my purpose. And my purpose is that God wants me to be a blessing. It crystallizes my perspective. And so it gives me a clear picture of God, what God wants me to do and what God wants me to be in life. And God wants me to be blessed so I can be a blessing to other people. And not only that, it perfectly aligns with God's will for my life. And God wants me to be a blessing in every area of my life. And, and so and, and so Genesis, the 12th chapter, uh, I think I told you to go there. Genesis 12 and one. Uh, we're talking about God wants me to be a blessing. Everybody say I'm blessed, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So let's see if we can't grab this from Scripture. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So you see that God was not even specific in what he was telling Abraham to do because he needed Abraham's heart and his obedience. Watch what he says. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in 
in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The first part of verse 4 says, so Abraham departed. I like to say, so Abraham obeyed. And so, you know, but a lot of times, if you're not careful, you'll just read that and you'll keep on going. That's not how I read it. I read it. Go back to verse two. I read it and I will make of thee a great nation. So God wants to make of him a great nation. He says, I'm also going to bless thee. He said, I'm also going to make that name great. He says, but son, I'm doing all these things. He said, but most importantly, you're going to be a blessing. And you've got to understand that God wants you to be a blessing. Everybody say, God wants me to be a blessing. Now go to Luke 6 and 38. I'll show it to you again in a separate text. Luke 6 and 38, a very familiar passage of Scripture. This is the Scripture that really helped me when I learned this Scripture from my father in the faith. When I learned this Scripture, it really changed my life years ago. Now this, listen guys, this is long before I ever started pastoring. I started pastoring in 2007. I began to learn the word of faith back in 1999, and it radically changed my life. I went from making $6.25 an hour on that job to almost three million dollars a year and the reason i say that is because a lot of times people think well you need to be a you got to be a pastor to be blessed that's a lie i was blessed and your pastor was blessed long before we ever became pastors does that make sense and it's important for you to understand that luke 6 and 38 says give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom shall who give into your bosom Shall men give into your bosom? So he says, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Which is teaching me that when it comes to giving, how I measure it out, that's what God has to work with as it relates to how it comes back to me. And when I read this and begin to learn that if God is going to do anything, he's going to do it through a man or a woman, as the case may be. He says, I'm going to cause men to give into your bosom. I've never been the guy that just wanted somebody to do something for me. So when I learned that this is how God operates. I said, God, make me the man. Make me the man that you're flowing through. Make me the man that, that I can just write checks whenever I want to. And I'm here to tell you that if you have that heart, God will honor that heart. I said, make me the man. Listen, God is looking for channels he can flow through. And I know we like to say channels of peace and love and joy, but right now I'm talking about money. Look at his name and say, he's talking about money. Yeah. And so, so God is looking for channels that he can flow through. Listen to me. Listen to me. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. You got it. Uh, 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 I'll just use, let's say uh, you all of a sudden get a settlement for $30,000. Now, we understand that when we get the settlement for the $30,000, the first thing we have to do is we have to bring the first. Isn't that right? We've got to bring the tithe. You got it. We can't. And, and, and it's got to be the first of the first. So it's, it, it's the first. And we understand that the first $3,000 out of that $30,000, it belongs to God. It's holy. It's set apart. It, 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 it's, it's not mine. It's isn't that right? Watch this. But Malachi says, not, he says, you have robbed me in tithes and in offering. And a lot of times, and I know you're very well taught church, but a lot of people, a lot of saints don't understand that when you give the tithe, you're really not doing God a favor. You are just returning back to God what belongs to him and just showing God that you can be trusted with more. Does that make sense? And so now let's say that you have $30,000. You bring the first to 3000 but God says, I also want you to give a $10,000 offering. How you respond to what God tells you is determining if you're ever going to get any other big checks behind that along the way. 
Does that make sense? Because you got to understand that that at the end of the day, it's not so much that he wants my money as much as it, he wants my heart. But Jesus is clear that where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. So my heart is actually linked to my money. Can I get a? Amen. Amen. All right. I needed one, so I got it myself. And so, so watch this. When you give, you can never lose with God. There's a lot of people that, 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 that they're not channels. So they get the money and it stops with them. Now, I learned a long time ago that if you get the money and keep on giving and get the money and keep on giving, that God will keep on blessing and he'll keep on increasing. The tithe, watch this now. The tithe blesses the rest of the 90. But when I give out of that 90 over and above seed, the Bible says he will multiply the seed sown. You got it? And so he blesses the 90 and the 90 is blessed. But when I take a chunk out of that 90 and give it back to God, he begins to multiply. So now I got a check for 30. I believe I can get another check for 40, for 50, for 60, or for whatever God wants to do in my life. You got it? And so you got to understand something. Giving is not a game. Everybody repeat after me. Say giving is not a game. No, giving is not a game. It is God's plan to prosper your life. But he's looking for channels he can flow through. It is like the water hose. The water hose is connected to the side of the building. And the purpose of the water hose is to wash my car. You understand? Or to water the plants. And so so watch this. But the water has to run through the water hose to fulfill its purpose to get to the car. And so watch this. So the water hose can't get. Watch this. So when you get water, you get wet. So you can't be a blessing to somebody else without being blessed yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you have to get past the fear of of releasing. Sometimes when you give, you know, in the early days, I was trembling, but I was trusting. I was trusting that God told me to write this check. And so even though this is the largest check I've, I've ever wrote, I'm trusting that this is what God said to do. And I understood that seed, it leaves my hand, but it never leaves my life. It goes into my future. It prepares my harvest and it waits on my arrival. My kids are blessed today and people show my kids favor because of the seeds that I've sown in the past. Because the Bible teaches us that when we make decisions, I've said before you, life and death, blessings and cursing. He says, choose life that you and your seed may live. Every decision that I make today is not just for me. It's for my children and my children's children. So the seeds I sowed today of $10,000, watch this. Not only is God going to bless me, but he's going to bless my children and he's going to bless my children's children. So I don't worry about their future because I know their future is secure because my seed secures the future of me and my children and my children. Children's children. Does that make sense? I learned that if I served and I sowed, I would see the supernatural in my life. Everybody say, if I serve and I sow, I'll see the supernatural. And so I was, I, and, and I'm not going to go long into it because I've shared this uh, before, but I was washing my pastor's cars, man. I was cutting grass at the church. I was cleaning bathrooms. I was doing everything I could. And God was honoring that. And God was counting that up. And he was tallying that up. And so a lot of times when I stepped into my season, you know, people think that it was all of a sudden. But God had been accruing it all the way because of my faithfulness. Because the Bible said that a faithful man would abound with the blessings. And so when God started opening doors for me, I remember the first check, I was on the ice cream truck and I came around because I would, I would do half of the city and then I'd come home and eat me a, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you understand? And then I, I, would, I, would, I would leave and do the other half. So that day I went and the first check came in the mail was like 30 some thousand dollars. How many know I didn't go back on the ice cream truck that day? 
You got it. And so, and God kept blessing me. Watch this. And so guess what I did with the $30,000? I didn't know what to do. First of all, I didn't hardly have any bills. I was renting a little house. We had this little Fred Flintstone car. And so, it, you know, there was no payment on that. You know, and so I just started giving it away. I went and gave my tithes and my offering. I gave my man of God a grip. You understand what I'm saying? And then, and then we would hear that, you know, somebody needed some furniture. We was buying furniture. We heard that somebody, you know, now I would never let people come to me because I said, I'm a spirit-led giver. God knows how to tell me who to be a blessing to. Does that make sense? I was on the road preaching and uh, a lady came to me. Uh, my wife was standing there with me. She says, God just informed me who was going to be a blessing to me and write me the big check. You got it? Now, I, I had just got done preaching a good lesson. I moved all the way out of the spirit and I got all the way in my flesh, y'all. But thank God my wife was there because my wife was like, well, now, no, baby, that's not what you do. You understand what? And she she had to help her. And I'm, I'm so glad she helped her because I was going to help her if she needed a little help. Praise the Lord. And so what? So so we kept. And so I'm renting a house. And so I'm start Evan. I'm starting to make a whole bunch of money and I'm still driving this little car. I got enough money to go buy a car. So Conte had to finally say, babe, we can go get us a car now. You got it. A couple, you know, a couple months later, we went and bought our, our first custom home and those kind of things. And even though the man said that I was, I was approved for a $2 million house, we went and bought a $389,000 house because I wanted to make sure that I still had enough seed to keep sowing and sowing and sowing and so. Sometimes people can't give the way they want to is because you're strapped, you're stretched, you understand? And, and I submit to you, some of you all might need to reassess some things. Some husband and wives might need to get together and say, we really don't need three cars, you understand? Maybe we need to to back up and get rid of this or get rid of that so we can really start giving to God the way he intends. And I tell you, you can never beat God given no matter how hard you try. If you'll step back and change that thing, God will bless you times a thousand. Can I get up? All right, which brings me to point number two, and I'm almost done, that giving blesses me in return. Giving blesses me in return. See, I was taught uh, uh, not to expect anything from God, uh, not to expect blessings, that I'd get all my blessings in heaven. That's the, you know, the, uh, um, uh, I'm not going to name the organization, but the organization I came up in, they taught us not to expect anything. No, no, don't expect anything. You're going to get your reward in heaven. And then I, then I read, then I started reading the Bible for myself. In Mark 10 and 28, Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and follow thee. And Jesus immediately comes back behind. He says, Verily I say unto you, there is no man. Everybody say, no man. No man. Y- uh, um, uh, do y'all know in the Greek what no man means? No man. He says, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Talking about the kingdom of God. He says, but he shall receive a hundredfold wind class now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. So when you get blessed, somebody going to talk about you. That's just part of it. And if you're going to be fearful to drive a new car that God blessed you with because you worried about what somebody's going to say. That if God blesses you with the new car, don't you be going, you know, around the back of the building and parking it and then coming back in and coming through the front. No, we, we're not going to be proud. We're not going to be boastful. But I boast in the Lord that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, there's no telling where I'd be. And so I don't think I'm the man, you understand, when I roll down the street in my 550, you understand what I'm saying? But when I roll down the street, I'm, I'm, I have this attitude of gratitude and I say, Jesus, you bad. Look what you have done. You got it? Because when people say, well, what do you do for a living? I be a man of God. I work for the creator of the universe. 
if LeBron, hello, somebody can work for the NBA. You got it. And Prescott can work for the NFL. And I'm not hating on them guys, by the way, go Cowboys. But but if they can do that, you got it. And and have all the nice cars and nice jewelry and nice houses. I work for the creator of the universe. I work for Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the why not should a man of God, hello somebody, be and watch this. And you are children of the most high God who have been seated in heavenly places. So he doesn't just want the man of God, but the reason your man and woman of God have to do that is because they have to, they have to set the example for you to say, wait a minute, we are King's kids. We are living way below our level because we are thinking way below our level to the degree, because he says, your ways are not my ways and neither are your thoughts mine, to the degree that we will go up to his level of thinking, we'll see God do exceeding abundantly far above all that we can ask or think in our lives. Does that make sense? Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, my last scripture. Y'all get anything out of this? All right. This is my, my, my last scripture. I'm going to give you uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, a testimony that I believe is really going to change your life. And then I'm going to be out of here. Second Corinthians nine and six. I'm reading in the message translation. It says, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. He says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. Watch this. I love this. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things. My thing is when I read that, I look at this, God's got a list of things, but because I'm a cheerful giver, he's got me at the top of that list. Because he says, prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheer. God can't do without me. You understand? And if you're a cheerful giver and you're bringing the first and you're giving your offering and you're, you're hooking up your man and woman of God and you're doing it with a cheerful attitude, God is going to get it back to you because he knows that you're going to keep on doing it so he can get it back to you so you can keep on. So you might sow 10000 this year, but it might be 30000 next year. Does that make sense? He said, I'm unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, uh, uh, let me read it. Cheerful joy is prompted to a giver whose heart is in his giving. Watch this. And so whenever we read, watch this, the principle, we always see the promise behind it. And the promise is, and God is able. I told my church, not only is he able, he's well able. If I got, if I got a thousand dollars in my pocket and you just need twenty dollars, I'm not just able, I'm well able. God is well able. All right. The dreams you have, God is well able. The places you want to go, God is well able. The house you want to live in, God is well able. But he needs your heart because he knows if I've got your heart, even when they get the house, it doesn't matter. The house will just be something they own. And the house won't own them. You will say, I, I can't make because he went because what happened, this is why God needs us to be givers so he can bless us his way. Because watch this. If you try to, you know, do it your own way and you get your house, if you're not careful, you won't be at church on Sunday because I got to clean the house. I got to clean the car. Does that make sense? And so I wear gratitude. I wear gratitude all the days. of When I wake up, I'm just happy to be alive. God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for starting me on my way. I'm thinking I have the activity of my limbs and the blood is running. Somebody didn't wake up this morning, but man, you woke me up this morning. You got it. And so, so, so that's why when we come into the house of God, you have to say, I was glad when they said unto me. Somebody couldn't come, but I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Sacrifice sets in motion the supernatural power of God. I heard your pastor say that it gets God's attention and it causes him to move. 
I remember the day that I really sacrificed. It was a big giving day for our church, and, and I wasn't a pastor at this time, and I was, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, just a member, and my pastor had been believing God for uh, a, a certain amount. I don't know if it was $100,000 or what. I can't remember. My wife's not with me to set me straight because she remembers numbers and, and those kind of numbers. And so I, I remember that uh, we said we were going to give, I think it was $23,000. And now, Evan, I thought that was a bunch of money. That's what I said. And so I give the $23,000. You got it. I give it and, uh, uh, you know, and I'm good to go. You got it. We come back the next night to the service and, uh, and, and my man of God is up and he says, you know, hey, we're almost there. You know, praise God. You know, and we just know the budget is met over and above and people start screaming and yelling. Well, right before the service, uh, 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 this is my life story. I might have told you the story, but I tell this every time I go somewhere because it, it, it's, it's always that impactful. I had just bought a brand new gold wing motorcycle. Paid cash for it, like eighteen, twenty thousand dollars. My brother-in-law wanted to get one, but he had to buy a used one, and so he had gotten like a, a check for oh, it was like I think fourteen thousand dollars. And we, I had set it up for a man to bring him a used candy apple red one to the church because we had to be there on time to open up and everything. And so I said, Ed, he's going to bring it. And so Ed said, okay. And so we waited, and the guy never came. And it totally shocked me because this, the guy I was dealing with was not the type of guy not to keep up his work. He never called. Do you know what I just thought about? I never heard from that man from this day. <laughs> I just thought about that. And so, and so what happened was then when the Lord, when my pastor said, the Lord says, sell your bike to Ed and take the check and go lay it on the altar. And I was like, that ain't God. <laughs> that ain't God. So now I'm binding and loosening. You understand what I'm saying? You got it. And so the Lord, he says, no, no. He says sacrifice. And I thought the 23,000 was a sacrifice. And he said that wasn't, it was a good offering. He said, but that wasn't the sacrifice. I had saved up and I had planned to give that. And I knew I was going to give that. And that's what I said in my heart. But he says that that sacrifice sets in motion the supernatural. So this is all happening in a matter of two minutes. It's taken me like five to say it, but it's all happening in a matter of two minutes. And so now Ed is in the back. He's an usher. So I say, hey, Ed, uh, listen, man, do you want to buy my bike? God told me that if I give you, uh, you know, my bike, you can have it for the 14,000, even though I just paid 20,000. He didn't say that part, but I added it in, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and if you want my bike, you can have it, you know, for the 14,000. He's like, what? He didn't understand. I'm like, Ed, do you want my bike? Cause if not, man, I'm going to sit down. I'm gonna tell God I tried, but you didn't do what you were supposed to do. He's like, yeah. And I was like, you got the check? He's like, yes. I said, give it to me, man. I just took it. You got it. And I put it up on the, I put it up on the offering, on the altar. I didn't go announce my seed. I didn't tell the pastor. I didn't tell nobody. You understand what I'm saying? And I went back to my seed and the enemy was like, you fool, you fool. Not knowing that sacrifice would set in motion the supernatural power of God. And there's a series of events that would take place in my life that I would live a no need. I would live in a no need state from that day to this day, all because I was willing to trust God. So that next Monday, watch this. No, 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 no. That, that wasn't that before by the weekend, my accountant called me and said, hey, James, I need to talk to you. I said, yeah, what's going on? She said, it's, it's about your tax account. I said, I don't got no time to be talking about no tax account. I done gave all this money. She said, no, 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 it's, 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 it's a good thing, you know. And she said, I, I, I'm not sure what happened, but you have like an extra $10,000 that you, you, know, you can just take back and put into your account because we, uh, uh, well, we, were, we were doing quarterly, but then I was making so much money, I had to do uh, monthly. 
monthly um, um, tax payments into the IRS. And so, and, and, and I was like, are you sure? She said, yeah. I said, because when I take that $10,000, you cannot have it back. The IRS can't have it back. Nobody can have it back. So I, I, so I did that. And then on that Sunday, when I went back to church that next Sunday, how about somebody had a black gold wing, which was the exact same model as the one that I had given away the week before. And watch this. And from that day to this day, this is no lie. I have never in my life been in a place where I needed, like I needed God to show up by Friday. He has always supplied my, I've had to walk by faith. I've had to trust God, but he has always supplied my need. And so today I want to ask you, would you trust God? Today I want to ask you, will you give whatever God asks you to give? Today I want to ask you, are you willing to sacrifice, to set in motion the supernatural power of God? Hear me now, to, for God to do something in your life that you've never seen him do before. And what I learned on that night is if I wanted to see God do something in my life that I'd never done before, I had to sow a seed that I'd never sown before. And so I sold, I sold 23,000, then it was another 14,000, so almost 40,000. And then there was another time I was believing God for a loan. And man, I couldn't get that thing going at all. I had been to like 30 banks and all of them told me no. And it was for the church. It wasn't for me personally. It was, it was for the church. And I was trying to, to be the guarantor. And they wouldn't let me. They were like, no, no, it has to be through the church. It has to be a certain way. Because if you leave, you know, and those guys. And I couldn't get it to work. And I was trying to figure, can I put my business, get my business to the church, you know, and figuring out all kinds of ways. And I couldn't do it. And I was in Houston, Texas. And, the, and, 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 and my wife and I were sitting there try, still trying to figure out what we were going to give. And I, and I was like, well... You know, what do you want to do? And she was talking to me. We were trying to figure out kind of what we knew what we had in one account. And then, you know, I said some other accounts because we have some other accounts that we don't like to go into. We, we, we've got some accounts that if we've got asked for, we could get it to it, but we don't like to go into those accounts. So me and my wife, we started talking and I said, okay, that's what we'll do. And so we sold a $54,000 seed that day. And it wasn't long that God, I'm driving down the road and God says, I want you to pull into that little bank. And it was just a little small hometown. But I walk in and I tell the man what I'm trying to do in the city. And would you know, I'm all over the country trying to get a loan when God had raised up the person right in my city in a little bank to give me the loan for what we needed to do for the church. And so we were in phase one. Now we're in phase two. We're building a recreation facility. What am I trying to tell you? God just wants your heart. And I'm asking you today, will you really give him your heart? Will you say from, from to this day forward, God, I trust you. I trust you with everything, not just my life, but my money. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I got, everything I am, everything I've not. Do you all have those little cards that Pastor Evan gave to you? Y'all got, grab your card. Grab your card. And, and, and Pastor Evan, I'm rushing. I just want to follow the spirit of God. I want you to grab the card. So, God has been speaking to some of you all about your seed. God has speaking to, been speaking to some of you all, and I know this by the Spirit of God. God has been speaking to some of you all about doing something that you've never done before. And this is what I want to do today. I want to challenge you to sow a seed that you've never sown before. For some of you all, that'll be a 5,000 level. But some of you all, that might be a $25,000 level. 
or $50,000. There might be some of you all that need to go into an account and you know what I'm talking about. And say, you know what? I'm going to trust God in this season of miracles. So I had this girl that was in my church and she's wheelchair ridden. She's been in a wheelchair for the past few years and, and, and the, the doctor says she's going to continue to deteriorate. It's kind of like an MS, but not exactly. It's, I don't remember the name. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember. And so anyways, she's been believing God. And the Lord told me, he said, tell her she's going to walk again. And I remember when God told me, I was thinking like, God, you better be right about this. He said, tell her she's going to walk. And I told her, I said, the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to walk again. And I remember one time uh, she put, she, she went on Facebook and she tried to get up, you know, and walk. And, and she, 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 they had to help her up out of her, uh, out of her, her wheelchair. And they, they had a, a walker right there for her. And she was able to take like one or two steps. And when she did it, her whole body would shake. And so, 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 so time goes by and she's in faith and, I'm, and we're in faith, we're believing for her. So she takes one of these cards and she writes an amount that she's never wrote before. And on the back she writes, healing in my body. Because most people think that giving money is just about getting money back. And that's not what he promises. He promises all sufficiency in all things. In my marriage, in my health, you got it, in my life of my children, in my business, on my job, in favor, in every area of my life. And so how about y'all? She had gotten to the point that just a couple weeks ago, she was, look, the doctors called it a miracle. She was able to figure out how to get up out of her wheelchair by herself. And she held onto a cane and she took five steps. And when she took the five steps, her, her, her. This part of her arm, uh, her, her shoulder, it would, st- I mean, it, you know, I'm not trying to be funny when I say, but it almost looked bad. You feel sorry for it. You understand what I'm saying? So on our big giving day, which was just last week, she, she decided she was coming to church with no wheelchair. And I was in the back and they said, Pastor, it took her a long time to get it. But they said she'd come in and she, her thing would jerk and you had all these ushers helping her. And so we're in worship. And remember, that's what she put on the back, healing in my body. So what happened was at the end of worship, I came up like the gentleman did uh, when we asked people to come down for prayer. And I just said to her, Margaret, I, I don't see a wheelchair. And man, something happened in that place. And this is our big giving day. Before we even are giving, the supernatural is already starting to take place. And so God says, you know, tell her to come here. I said, can you, can you make it down here? And I was, I was, I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass her because I knew, you know, and so people were helping her down. She's coming and she's. And then as she's coming, the Lord says, tell her that you're going to, that I'm going to straighten that up. So I, I talked to her and she was standing. She came right from that side. She was in the fourth row back. She come there and, uh, and I said, I said, Margaret, I said, the Lord told me to tell you that he's going to straighten that up. And I said, and not only is he going to straighten that up, but he said to remind you, to remind you the scripture in Joel, where he says, I will restore unto you the years that the locust and the palmer worm and the cow. And I begin to speak. And just how y'all are starting to do, that's what happened. And do you know she left that cane and she started walking just like this, just as straight as she could? Giving is not a game, but it's God's plan to prosper your life. And so this is what I got to do. I know I got to go, but, but I got to obey God. I got to challenge you right now to figure out what you're going to sow. Right now. Some of you all, it'll be five. And, and this is what you, I need you to do. I, I need you to say, you know, pa- Pastor, this is what I'm going to do. I plan on giving most of it 
buy the big giving date, the, the large portion of it, but then I'm also going to give over and above. And what I mean by that is that second line that says, hey, over and above my tithes, you know, by December 31st, that's what I'm going to give. So you might say, hey, I'm, I'm going to give $30,000. I'm going to give twenty or twenty-five by this day. And then over the rest of the year, I'm going to give over and above every single week. And so listen, this is what I'm going to do. In a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to stand. And then I'm going to challenge you to give at your level. And then I'm going to go down and we're going to count it out because we are going to see the miracles that your man of God has already declared that are going to happen in this house. And so this is what I want you to do because the Lord told me, he says, son, if you believe me, I'll put the number in their heart. Because even when Pastor Evans said, hey, I want you to pray about it. I was like, oh, well, you know, they might need to pray. And the Lord says, if, if you believe me, son, if you challenge them, I'll put the number in their heart. And listen, some of you all, that number is so big. Some of you all don't even know how you're going to come up with that number. But if you believe God, that number will show up for you. I'm here on assignment today. You got it? I'm, and I'm certainly not a hireling. I came and gave 10000 So I believe what God is doing. And so I'm going to pray. And as soon as I pray, when I'm done, I'm going to ask you if you will stand with me. You got it. And, and I'm going to have you announce what you want to give. I'm going to show you how you're going to do it. It's going to take three to five minutes. But let's pray right now. Father, I come to you right now in the magnificent name of Christ Jesus. And I know what you just told me to do. Because I really thought I was going to do it a little bit differently. But I know what you told me to do. And so I pray for every believer that's sitting in this room today. And the first thing I do is I bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. Because fear will try to grip you and say, oh my God, you, you don't want to do that. But I release the spirit of faith in the house in the name of Jesus. And I decree that, Father, in a moment that as they stand up and as they commit to give at levels that they have never given before, Father, just like you did it for Margaret, the miraculous in her life, you're going to do the miraculous in their life. Because the man of God has already declared it's going to take place. That miracle offering Sunday is going to take place. And they are going to see signs and wonders in their life. They will have testimonies for days and months to come of your miraculous power in their life. I declare that this today will be a defining moment in their life. That they will be able to look back years down the road and say the reason I'm living the way I am today is because back in 2017 when Pastor Evans' best friend, I don't know his name, but that little short guy came. And taught that lesson. And I made the decision to obey God. It changed my life. And so, Father, I thank you for the harvest. And I thank you for what you're going to do in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what I want you to do. If you're saying, Pastor.